We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Are you a Christian leader, entrepreneur, or lifelong learner seeking to unlock your leadership potential? Dr. Derek Greer's Renaissance Leadership Network provides you with biblical principles and practical life lessons from top leaders, influencers, and experts across the world. It's time to remove limitations and start seeing world-class, measurable results in your ministry, business, or otherwise. Go to rlnleadership.com and register for our next free monthly leadership session. That's rlnleadership.com. You were made to think big, do big, But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. The Word of God is full of life-changing power. So our prayer is that this broadcast equips you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. Remember to hit the notification bell on YouTube to get this teaching and worship with us live each week. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue our previous message. So again, Job was being a father and, and he'd rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all, not just the boys, but also the girls. And, and we're not the first generation to worry about our children. Job was concerned about his kids and uh, he would try his best, you know, to give offerings to God because he knew they're bent. But Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their Heart. So he knew that his children had a reckless streak in them. And, and we must be honest with ourselves about our kids and about who they really are, not just who we want them to be. And some parents, you know, they, 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 they're so, uh, I don't know what it is, but they, they, they can't see their kid for what it is and they act like the kids are angels. So, you know, if there's a problem in school, they go and argue with the teacher instead of admitting the fact, you know what, my kid probably did that. And they go and, and they fight with the teacher and the kid basically learns that he doesn't have to yield to authority. Authority, submit to authority. Yes, sometimes teachers are wrong, and yes, sometimes you need to push back. I know I have at certain times in my kids' journey, but the reality is my kids were not always who I wanted them to be. They were who they were, and the reality is they grew into great men, and I'm so proud of them, but it was a journey. Let's keep reading. Thus Job did regularly. So, so far we see a good man, a vigilant father, fun-loving family. Who could have asked for more? But now we're about to see the clouds roll in. Watch what happens. Verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now this is imagery that might be a little difficult for us, but, but the imagery here is an Eastern king holding court. I think probably the best way to describe this would be like our president um, uh, calling a cabinet meeting. So he's calling all the leaders in the nation uh, before him and, and watch who comes in. And Satan also came in 
among them. So the cabinet walked in, but behind walked in stinky Osama bin Laden. And you think he, he shout for security, but surprisingly he doesn't. Watch well, what happens. And the Lord said to Satan, the first time I read this, this really bothered me. Why didn't God just throw him out? I mean, why is God having a conversation with the devil? Then it dawned on me, it finally hit me. God didn't react to the devil because he wasn't threatened by the devil. Now, the devil may scare us, but he doesn't alarm God at all. And the Lord said to Satan, he wasn't nervous. He was like, oh my gosh, none of that. He actually has a conversation. He said to Satan, hey, Stinky, where you been? From where do you come? And immediately by God asking this question, we see who's in control. God was the interrogator, not the interrogated. Satan had to answer to him. So Satan did what? He did what he better had done. He answered the Lord and said, well, I've been going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Now, even the devil must give an account to God. So you better believe those of us that act like the devil are going to also have to give an account to God. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you, how many of us uh, realize that when God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He's trying to locate us. He's working on something. And he said, have you, Satan, you have the audacity to show up here. I have a question for you. Have you considered, and actually we're about to see, he was taunting the devil. Have you considered my servant, Job, a more literal reading of what God said to the devil there is, haven't you set your heart on my servant, Job? One more time. Haven't you, devil, set your, haven't you been longing to get your hands on my servant, Job? So what we see is for years, Satan was like a three-legged cat who just couldn't catch the mouse. He was very frustrated and flustered because he really couldn't get his hands on the mind and character of Job. You see, evil always wants most what evil cannot have. And then he said, I know, I know you want Job. I know you, you, you lust after him and you want him to be just like you. But God starts bragging on Job, he says, uh, there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. God might as well have smacked the devil in the face when he said that because he just publicly exposed before all the angels watching everyone in the cabinet, if you will, that the devil had been impotent, that the devil had been ineffective in Job's life. So Satan at this moment is embarrassed. God is, is, is uh, uh, very confident in what he's placed in Job, verse, verse 9. So Satan answered the Lord, and immediately got on the defensive and he said, does Job fear God for nothing? Now, the devil is a sourpuss. He is a cynic. Immediately he throws shade because that's what he does and that's who he is. He couldn't attack Job's deeds because they were undeniable. But what he did do is, is attack his motivation. And, uh, you know, when folks disagree with me, I get that. But when they start disagreeing with motives, that's, that's a little harder to get past. A guy sent a greeting card to an ex-friend. And uh, on the outside it said, jealousy is 
is a disease. On the inside, it said, get well soon. And uh, this is what's going on here. Verse 10. Have you not made a hedge around him? Satan is jealous of the holiness in this man's life, the protection that God's placed on his life. And, and God had protected Job like a child. And you've also put this hedge around his, his household. So God not only cares about us as individuals, he cares about our families. And around all that he has on every side. So he cares about us, our families, and even our stuff. You have, and you can, you can hear the, the venom in Satan's voice. He's, he's upset about this. You have blessed this man, Job. The most important thing in my life is not my giftings, but the blessings of the Lord God in my life. See, Satan may take my stuff. But if, if, if I keep God's blessing, I'll get it back. And, and here, Satan, again, he, you know, he's, he's I mean, he, he, his head is blowing up. I mean, he, he wants to say some words here. Skip to verse 11. Watch what he does. He tries to incite God against Job. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. It's like, God, you know he's not that good. God, God, God you know he, he's had to done some wrong. And he plays on the frailty of humans, and he recognized that, that God has a right to strike all of us dead, even, even a man like Job. He said, God, you have a right to do this. Touch all he has, and surely, surely, this man that you love so much, this man that you're boasting about, this man that uh, uh, you're trying to embarrass me over, surely this man, I'll embarrass you will curse you to your face. Satan is so dark. He only sees the bad in anything good. And he tried to get God to hurt Job. But if you read that wrong, as many people do, you'll become confused because God refused actually to do what Satan asked God to do to Job. Watch what the Lord does do. And the Lord said to Satan, said to who? Satan. He's like Satan, you don't scare me in the least, whose mind is mine. Behold, all that he has is in your power. Devil, I'm just going to let you do you. Devil, I'm not going to touch him. But devil, you're so convinced about, you know, your power to deceive. I'm going to let you do you, but, but here's, here's what, th- that's upsetting to us to hear that. But here's what you need to know about God. If he leads you into a test, it's, it's because he knows what's prepared for you on the other side of that test. At this point, most feel sorry for Job, but don't feel sorry for Job. God promised a safe landing, not always a calm passage. And here, God sees the end from the beginning and he knew what was in Job and he knew how Job would end. So for us, we're, we're just thinking of the middle and we don't really see the end of the things the way God sees the ends of the things or the end of things. And because of that, we get upset. But God was like, you know what? I see all his trouble, but at the end, I also see his double. And likewise, you might be facing some things. You're like, God, why? How did this happen? Lord, if you love me, it wouldn't be so. Well, God doesn't just see what you're going through. He sees the end of the thing. 
And he also knows what he put in you to get through that thing. Let's just stay because I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's stay with the uh, scriptures here. He said, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So as bad as it got for Job and as bad as it may have gotten for some of us, Satan was still on a leash. The devil could only go so far. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord to do what the devil does. He's a bad devil. He's a mean devil. And he was just being a devil. And, and Job was about to lose his family. Job was about to lose his fortune and his health. Matter of fact, his, his closest friends were, 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 were about to turn on him. But God knew what he put in Job and God knows what he put in you. And Job stayed the course. You see, most of us want to serve God, but only in an advisory position. As long as he does what we want, the way we want, when we want, how we want, we want to serve God. But the moment God makes an executive decision, the moment God makes a decision from his vantage point and not ours, we start to question our commitment. He said, only do not lay a hand on this person. So Satan went out from the presence of God. And then all that transpired throughout the book uh, begins to, to take place. But let's take a look at just some of it. Job 2 and, and verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful, painful boils. Notice the devil did this, not God. God is not the one making you sick. God is not the one making you broke. God is not the one that's confusing you. The devil is doing it. Notice again, the devil did this. He said, uh, he struck Job with, with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Every part of Job's body, because of the devil, because of the devil, because of the devil, not God, because of the devil, was covered in pus and pain. And he took for himself a pot shirt, which is a, a broken piece of pottery. So this broken man is now scraping himself with broken pottery. And later we find he's sitting in the dust, throwing dust in the air. It couldn't have got worse. Actually, the Bible says he says that his breath was so bad that that folks didn't want to talk to him. He was sick in his innards. And he would scrape himself uh, as he sit in the midst of ashes again, which is in the dirt. This man is in the days. He's lost his children. Again, he's he's not mean, you know, take my stuff. He lost his children. Uh, he, he's, he's losing his, his wealth and his, his health. So he's stunned by this thing and amazed by it. And, and he's lived basically a godly life. He's like, how could this happen? Then to make matters worse, then his wife, the one he loved most, said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. Sometimes even the closest to us will not understand our journey. And there are parts of our journey that we will have to walk alone. All of this has happened to Job. It goes on for, for chapters and, and his friends come and blame him and say, well, you have some secret sin. And there's different, you know, theological perspectives that are, are, are brought forth by each of the characters. You know, you had this charismatic that God told him X, Y, and Z, and he was wrong in what he told Job. And another, you had this cessationist and, and, and gives this whole thing. But this is important before I, I, I read this. Job did not have the privilege of reading the end of the book. 
we have the privilege of reading the end of the book. And the thing is, in the middle of our situation, we don't have the privilege of reading the end of the book. All we can do is believe the promises. So while he's going through this struggle, he doesn't get it. He, he's throwing dust in the air. He's trying to make sense of it. He's arguing with people. And uh, uh, Job is in an emotional state. And he was saying, Job, when you get to the end, you're going to look back and say it was worth it. Here's what I've learned in my life. If I don't understand yet, it's because it's not over yet. You see, the cross did not make sense on Friday night. The cross only made sense on Sunday morning. One more time. The cross didn't make sense while Jesus was suffering through it. But it made sense when he got to the other side. And there are things you're going through in your life right now that don't make sense. To you, you can't wrap your head around, how could God let this happen? But if you hang in there, if you hold on, if you keep relating to God, at the end of the book of Job, Job and God have a conversation. And the answer is in us maintaining a relationship with God so he can keep us and walk us through the trouble and the cross that we might have to face before Sunday morning. But watch, watch what it says. And the Lord restored Job's losses, losses when he prayed for his friends. We've all been misjudged. We've all been mistreated. But you won't have a future unless you let go of your past. You're not going to be able to step into the next chapter as long as you stay stuck in the last chapters of your life. But watch, watch what's happening. Because you're like, God, how could you let this happen to Joe? God, you're unfair. You see, you didn't get it. Get, get, get to the end of it. Watch what God does. It says, and God, what would he do? Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as, twice, twice, twice as much as he had before. In the end, Job leveled up. In the end, it made sense and it was Worth it. Yeah, weeping may endure for a night, but hang on to the morning because joy is coming. Job leveled up only because he committed and, and yeah, he had questions. He even, he had some bad moments where, where actually he was saying that he was righteous and God was unfair. He had some bad moments in his journey, but he stayed in, in communion and in conversation with God and, and he didn't run away from God. And because he stayed with God, he saw this double for his trouble. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had, what? Before. The only reason that God allowed Job a loving God allowed Job to go through what he went through was because he saw the twice as much on the other side. The only reason we go or a woman goes through the pain of childbirth is because of the baby on the other side. The only reason we, you know, work all the hours we do, uh, you know, during the week. Yeah, we want to contribute to society and, and all the rest. But often it's for the paycheck we get at the end of the week. And God knew what was waiting on the other side. So if God made a decision to lead you into a wilderness, 
is because he knows what's on the other side of the wilderness. If God has led you into a tough place, he he only led you there because he knows what he put inside you and he knows the reward if you would just hang in there. God is not mean. God is, is not evil. He's not a devil. He doesn't lead us through tough places only to abandon us and, and to hurt us in the end. Again, if you don't understand yet, it's probably because he's not finished. And what I've learned in my life actually is the moment I start understanding why I've been going through something, I realize that I'm really about to come out. God is always, always at work in our lives and he works in the good and he also works through the bad. Now I'm not saying, please don't mishear me. God did not harm Job. Satan harmed Job. But God, in his wisdom, watched all of it happen. And he's like, okay, you know what? You're going to be able to pull some things off. But here's what I'm going to do as God. I'm going to make sure that, you know what? Satan, you can't hurt more than I can heal. Satan, you will never steal more than I can restore. Satan, you can't upset more than I can reward with joy. So it seemed like God was saying, you know, Devil, do your best. Just just don't touch his life. And do your best. And all you do that's evil, I will double with my good. So if you are struggling and you can't make sense of what you're going through, learn from the oldest book in the Bible that God has a plan. And if you trust him, if you remain faithful, Keep fellowshipping with him. Keep keep walking with him through it. Even make mistakes, make misstatements, have misunderstandings, but keep walking with him. You will get to the place that God will give you double for your trouble. Now with Job, I said early on, the issue was not so much his suffering, it was his theology. The problem was, he didn't really understand fully God. He His theology didn't allow for things to happen differently than he thought should happen. His theology didn't allow for a little mystery. His theology didn't allow for uh, bad things to happen sometimes to good people. His name literally meant suffering or hostility and, and persecution. And, and he felt persecuted a little bit throughout this book by God himself. But in the end, he had a broadened view of God. And he understood that, you know what, the only reason God would ever lead me through anything It's because of what he sees or saw on the other side. It even says this of Jesus. He endured the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before him. Meaning Jesus saw the other side. And for that reason, he was able to persevere in the middle. So what I want to tell you today is you are not just going through for going through sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I fear no evil. Why? Because on the other side, he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. So what I'm saying to you is keep walking with God. Keep holding on. And no matter how difficult it is, God will give you double for your trouble if you would just hang in there. Now I've come to the most important uh, part of our time together. And this is the part where I give you a chance to surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He wants to be Savior, but he also wants to be Lord. He wants to be able to direct you through the good places and the hard places, the good places and the hard places. And what's amazing is that only happens in this life. And compared to eternity, it's about, you know, our momentary afflictions, the Bible said, a but for a moment. I mean, this life is, compared to eternity, it doesn't even fit between my two fingers here. But 
in this little slice called life, he'll lead us through the ups and downs and the valleys and, and the mountaintops. But the reward is, we also, by the way, we do get a reward in this life. Jesus says that. He will reward us in this life. But he will also reward us for eternity to come. So what you do temporally will be rewarded eternally. And right now in this moment, God wants you to, to give him an opportunity to reward you eternally for surrendering the rest of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you recognize that, you know what? I'm an imperfect person. I'm a person that needs a savior. I have sinned. I have fallen short. And I recognize that Jesus died on the cross, not because he was a bad guy. He was perfect. He only died on the cross for me to take my punishment and my shame. If you believe that, I'm going to walk you through giving your steps to the Lord Jesus Christ. But even before you do that, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Fill me from the inside. Change me. Wash me and forgive me. And watch what the Holy Spirit does. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. It's with the help of folks like yourself that Derek Greer Ministries can bring God's life-changing and impactful gospel to over 100,000 people around the world each week. As we begin the new year, we have a fresh opportunity to join together and help the hurting. Please consider partnering with Derek Greer Ministries to help spread God's message even further via radio, television, and the internet. Getting started is easy. Go to DerekGreer.com. That's DerekGreer.com and select the green Donate button at the top right of the screen. Thank you and God bless.